Pull up a seat and listen to our fable. We welcome all who sits at our table. Let's enjoy our caffeinated delight, for we are all monsters on the darkest of nights. Welcome to Caffeinated Monsters. My name is Faith. I'm your host today, and my co-host is Ria. Hello, hello. This week we are doing the theme of pregnancy horror because it's just that uncomfortable. It truly is. Ooh, just a thought of dropping a living being out of me after nine months is quite unpleasant. <laughs> I often describe it to David as, um, I think it sounds like a parasite growing inside of you. Stealing your life force. <laughs> Technically it is, isn't it, though? It's, it's taking nutrients out of your body and it's growing mm-hmm. within you. Yep. And it's funny because obviously neither of us have children. And so we think of it like as this foreign, crazy concept. And everyone's like, but it's a miracle. And it's so wonderful. And I'm like, cool. That's amazing. Good for you. Um, not so much for me. No. I'd, I'd rather pet the dog or the cat rather than hold your child. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I've worked with children. I've had many jobs where it was solely me working with children. So I'm quite good with kids, but like, I love when you can just hand them back to their, their owners. Like here's your parents, your owners, here's, <laughs> owners. <laughs> here's your parents, take it back now. And they respect you more because you're not their parent. They're like, I know I could do whatever I want with my mom, but you, you scare me. And so <laughs> they respect you more. You know, it is what it is. And I'm not saying we might not have kids. We might. Who knows? But I'll always view it as this, like, crazy-ass concept. Yeah. I mean, I've got a bit more choice in the matter being, you know, a lesbian and a feeling. Um, yeah. It's a bit more difficult for me to have a child. So. <laughs> Very true. This is true. <laughs> That's one less happy accident for me. So. <laughs> I mean, I do have several uh, lesbian friends with children, and um, that that's a choice. You know what I mean? Good for them. Good for anyone who had straight couples. Who cares? Like, good for you if you choose to raise a human being and, and you know, form it and help it become a human in society. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just want to have a couple of cats. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Oh, I real quick tidbit. I put in an application for another cat today. So since I didn't hear back from the one in the Isle of Wight, I put in one for a closer cat. The cat is in Milton Keynes. So perhaps, perhaps, fingers crossed, I will get a cat. Yeah, I told my wife that uh, you were looking into getting a cat and she got quite happy. (laughs) (laughs) I've had cats my whole life and it's just bizarro to me that I have to like, and I get it. You have to essentially apply for a cat in the U.S. too. But I could just walk in a shelter and be like, hi, I'd like a cat today. And they're like, okay. And you look at the cats and you're like, I'll take this one. And then in like a week, you come back and pick it up. Whereas here, I have to like apply for a cat. And if they contact me, then I can come in and meet the cat. And I'm like, really? It's like applying for a job. Just give me a damn cat. <laughs> Hand me a cat, England. I will take care of it. Somebody listening to this, give me a cat. It'll be the greatest life that cat could ever ask for. Anyway. Yes, yeah, it's very welcome to animals. <laughs> yes. Animals always, always. Animals and then even old people, 
like very elderly people, like lonely elderly people over children. <laughs> children come dead last for me. <laughs> yeah. Where my priorities are at. I still prefer plants over them. Over everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a really good friend of mine who has very similar views to us, my friend Justine in the US, sent me a thing that was like, uh, cats are the new kids, plants are the new cats, everybody get a plant. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Although I've never killed a pet, but I have killed many, many plants in my life. Killed a few. I remember once I was growing a chili palm outside. And uh, it was, I thought, oh, I'll give it some sun. Took it out of the greenhouse and just kind of, right, let it get some air and everything. Like a complete moron. Mm. I went to work and it was the hottest day of the year. Came back and it was, like, incinerated. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That'll happen. I got, I even went as far as to get a succulent because, like, you can't kill a succulent. And I killed them. I just straight up murdered them. I overwatered them. I overwatered one and I never watered the other. And they both died. Horrific succulent deaths okay it's yeah. like, i will love you you drown it <laughs> take my love please plant and then and then i murdered it with my love <laughs> so pregnancy horror yeah i love how we always get sidetracked <laughs> murdering something with your love <laughs> such a good tagline for this episode <laughs> yeah Yes, uh, do you want to start off with your film of choice today? Yeah, um, I actually chose an odd kind of choice because, so I watched this movie, I went into it not knowing anything about it. I didn't know what kind of story it was, I didn't know the genre, all I knew was Adam Driver was in it and I love him. And so I was like, of course I'll watch a movie with Adam Driver. And (laughs) this was a a 2014, and it's actually described as a thriller drama. But it was horrific. Like, I thought it was going to be, it starts out with this, like, little, you know, kind of budding love story between him and this girl. And I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a cute love story. It was so far from that. (laughs) So far. (laughs) Again, thriller, thriller, excuse me, thriller drama. But it, to me, had, like, a twist, horror, vibe, and ending. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Hungry Hearts. I looked into it after you mentioned it to me last time because I'd never heard of that film. And I was like, oh, sounds interesting. Like, and when you said it was drama thriller, it was like, I wonder if it's because because with some um, films are more likely to get more tension if you describe it as like a thriller with like horror elements rather than as yeah. just a pure th- horror film. Yeah. To get a wide audience for that one ter- in well, terms of... To be fair, too. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, like, this one, it, it is, it does have drama. It has straight-up drama. But the thriller parts of it and the parts of you that are just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening, it's horrifying. It's not like, um, oh, the drama of it. You're literally, like, horrified by what you're seeing. So, like, to the, give you a quick rundown, like, I, I almost... This is one of those movies... I almost don't want to say anything about because it was so good. And I want you to experience it, like experience it without any knowledge Mm. only because again, I didn't know what I was getting into. I sat down and I thought it was this cute story. It's, you know, this guy and this girl and they accidentally, they like through a mishap, you know, they end up stuck in a bathroom stall together and they kind of start talking and then they start dating and then she gets pregnant quite quickly. 
And so the whole thing is, so um, she's Italian and she works for the embassy and they're going to send her back to Italy. And he's like, well, no, you're pregnant. Like th- I think she, they find out they're going to send her back to Italy. And he's like, just stay. And that night she gets pregnant. And it's very much like, that's where the drama part comes in. Like she didn't want to have, I'm not sure if she didn't want to have unprotected sex, but she definitely didn't want him to like, you know, finish the job. And <laughs> He does against her like wishes and she's, she gets pregnant. You know what I mean? And so she does decide to stay. They're like, whatever, let's be crazy. And like, we'll be a couple and you don't go back to Italy. You can stay here in New York and like, we'll raise this baby. Um, her name, by the way, was Mina. And she was played by an actress. I didn't know who was actually an Italian actress. And I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but her first name was Alba, which is one of my best friend's mother's names. But Alba Rohrvecker is, I think her last name, Rohrvecker. Rohrvecker. I'm probably saying it wrong. She's this tiny, like, wisp of a little person. She's a peanut lady. <laughs> and she she does have uh, a strong accent because she is an, she speaks Italian. And so it's Jude and Mina, and they, you know, decide to be crazy kids and have this baby. So, like, even from the beginning, um, she's, like, she's super skinny and super frail as a person. And she's like even probably underweight and um, she like cannot maintain a proper diet during the pregnancy. She like faints at one point, like they're at a party and she passes out. And um, he's like, we got to take you to the hospital. So they take her to the hospital and she has an ultrasound and they're like, your baby isn't like growing properly because you're not eating properly. And he's like worried, but he's like, oh, you know, that's just her. She's a vegan. She eats natural things. She makes her own things. Like she's very hesitant to eat certain foods. And this isn't like a vilify vegans type movie. I want to specify that. It's she's actually, (laughs) she's not right. You know what I mean? Like she's, there is something wrong with her. And so he, well, he's confused and he's like concerned. He's also like, okay, well, you know, we'll get her on track. She's just like one of those people that keeps her weight too, like suspiciously too low. And so um, they're like, so you need to give the baby the right nutrients. You need to eat better. But she's like, I don't really trust doctors. and I don't trust hospitals. And he's like, okay. And he's still kind of hesitant, but you can like see the tension growing between them. And she's like, I'm going to go to a psychic. And he's like, okay. So she goes to us. Again, this doesn't vilify people who believe in psychics or are vegan or whatever. It's just like a combination of things that make her do the wrong things, make the wrong choices, you know? So she um, doesn't just go to a, wait, let me see. She doesn't just go to a psychic. Um, She goes to like alternative medicine type doctors and people. This is where the first person tells her, the psychic tells her that her baby, and this is a real thing. And I, again, I'm watching this movie. I don't know what I'm watching and I don't know what's going to happen. The psychic tells her her baby is an indigo child. Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> it's legit. It's a real thing that started in like the 60s and 70s where people were like, uh, my child's an indigo child, which means like their aura and energy is special and different and they're going to change the world. And they're like, basically they believed that these kids were like psychic and magical and yeah, legit. And so it's one of those things you're like, is that a real thing? And I had to look it up and it was indigo children are a real thing. And a lot of them grew up with like kind of new age hippie parents who like 
raise them crazy, raise them to think they were like better than everyone else and special. (laughs) So that's when she becomes obsessed with like purity and keeping the baby pure when it's born. It's like totally deranged. So at first he like supports her and he doesn't like get involved in the fact that she's not eating. And she basically is starving herself and he doesn't really like know what to do. She starts having contractions and she's like so weak. She wants to have a natural at home birth. She's so weak that she like can't push the baby out. And they're like, you're both, she's just like so frail and small that she's like going into it. Like the baby's in like distress and they're like, we have to bring you to a hospital. She's like, no, no. And he's like, I literally don't care. And so he takes her to a hospital. Now she's like already furious that he took her to a hospital. So it's like the most bizarro movie. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm quite concerned. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you're like, okay, if, if someone was like, if you were like, I'm going to have a baby. And someone was like, your baby's not growing because you're not eating. You would eat. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, I want my baby to live. So I'll eat. So no, she's, they, she's so mad that he takes her to a hospital. And they have to do a C-section and she's furious that they're going to like, the doctor is going to cut her and take the baby. Like it's crazy. And so they have the C-section and the baby ha- is so sick and weak and frail. They have to put it in an incubator. And again, she's like furious. She's like, I want to hold my baby. I want my baby right now. And they're like, the baby will die if we don't put it in an incubator and give it the right things. And she, it's in the incubator for like weeks because it's so tiny and frail. And she's like, so crazy that it's happening, that it's like frail. I mean, not that it's frail, that they're keeping it in the incubator and not letting her have it. <laughs> and so when they finally do let her um, take the baby more concerned. And like, you, I've heard lots of comedians and actors and people say like, when you have a baby, you love that baby more than you love your partner you would do anything. Like I, Ryan Reynolds, I think once said in an interview, he was like, I would throw my wife on a grenade to save my baby or like whatever he said. Like, you know what I mean? like <laughs> yeah, like you love your spouse, but you have a small infant that can't and for itself to protect. You know what I mean? So you can see in him like growing this anger and like resentment towards her already that she's like not feeding it and not taking it out and is like really nervous and so, like, she's so crazy. She won't let them bring cell phones in the house near the baby. She won't let the baby near, like, there's no television. There's nothing. Like, she's, like, so obsessed with this concept of an indigo child and keeping it pure that she, like, refuses all modern things. She, like, grows vegetables on the roof that she makes food with. And the baby is, like, so tiny. And so you can tell he's, like, getting concerned and she goes somewhere. She has to go somewhere for, I don't even remember why. She has to leave. So he sneaks the baby out of the house to a doctor. The doctor is like, her baby is severely malnourished. He's in danger of like permanent effects, like mental effects and physical effects of not being fed properly as a baby. And he's like terrified now, you know? Now a doctor has told, confirmed everything he was thinking. And so. He like confronts her about it and you can really see that they're like growing totally in separate directions at this point. Cause she's like, just does not care what he has to say. And he is so angry and fervent about it that like, it's becoming like a problem. And so he is so concerned for the baby, like more so than he is for her that she's starting to get crazy. And he like sneaks the baby meat one night and she like sees him feeding the baby meat and she loses her mind. 
she like loses her mind and they get in a fight and um, he hits her. He like, you can like tell, like, again, I'm not defending his actions because he does hit his wife at this point, but like nothing he is saying is like making any sense to her. He's like, the baby's going to die. And she's like, you can't feed him anything like that, like ever again. And he's so angry that he hits her. And there's like that moment where you're like, uh oh, like, what is she going to do with the fact that he hit her? Is she going to tell someone and get that baby taken away from him? Like, you know, you can like tell it's coming already. Yeah, you can see that something is building up to like a giant crescendo. Like, is it going yeah. to take it out on this child or is it a case of, is she yep. going to take it out on him? <laughs> yeah. And so she like reins it in and she acts very calm and she's like, fine, you can feed the baby. And he's like, okay. So he's like, great. That's all I ever wanted. I'm so sorry I hit you. Like, that's all I, I, I ever wanted. And so he's like sneaking the baby to like the park where he like feeds it food or he'll be like, I'm just going to take it for a walk. And he'll sit on the stairs and feed it baby food with like extra nutrients and stuff because he's like trying to feed it extra. And like, he feeds it in the house. And then she's like, I have to cleanse him afterwards. So she'll like take him for a bath and like immediately take him to the bathroom and give him the bath. Well, after he's eaten and he's like starting to suspect that like something's up. I don't know, like, but this is going. <laughs> yeah, P.S. At this point, she looks like a skeleton. Like, she's so frail and skinny. And he's, like, suspicious. And he finds, like, I don't remember if he finds it first or he sees her feeding it something in the tub. She finds this little bottle of something called anti-nutrient oil, which literally is, like, stopping the baby from absorbing the healthy nutrients from the food. She's feeding it something that's, like, making it sick. So there's like the horror element is big time there. She's like abusing an infant. Do you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. You're like so mortified watching it. And so when he finds out about the anti anti nutrient oil, so like he he doesn't know what to do. But again, he's like worried. He's trying to feed the baby more. He's sneaking it out and taking it places and feeding it. And he decides they should go visit his mom. And when they go visit the mom, the mom is like so happy they're there but she like clearly sees that something's wrong she knows there's something wrong between the two of them her and the baby look like tiny skeletons he's all upset and crazy and the mom is like what's going on tell me what's going on and he's like you know he like explains to her what's happening and she's like you need to do something about this right now or your son is going to die like you have to do something so he goes to like a lawyer and he Decides he's going to take the child away from her and claim that she's, like, not in a mental state right now to be taking care of the baby. She needs to get healthy first, and then, like, it's okay. Like, he's not trying to, like, take the baby forever and throw her out. She's, he's like, you need to get healthy. Yeah. And so um, he gets this to happen, and he takes the baby to live with his mom for a while. And she's meant to be, like, at home mentally resting and recovering and... Uh, getting healthy. So they both go to visit the baby at the mom's. And the mom is like a middle ground, taking care of the baby and seeing both of them. And she's like trying to get the girl to like make the right decisions, but she can like tell that she's not gonna, you know, the mom knows she's like got mom intuition and she like straight up knows. And mothers um, know these things. <laughs> yeah, totally. She just shows up one day on an unannounced visit to see the baby. Right. And she the two of them, and she's like, I'm taking my baby. And the two of them, him and his mom, are like, You're absolutely not taking this baby. <laughs> like, no. And um, they get into like a, a like a altercation. 
and he pushes her and she hits her face on like the edge of the door frame bad. And she just like calmly walks out of the house. Like she's just like, okay, like I got it now. I know what to do. And so she gets hit on the door. has all these bruises on her face. And that night, later that same night, she shows up with police who take the baby. And she said that she, he hit her. And so they take the baby. She gets the baby. She gets to go home and have her baby. And he's like, he's like, you don't understand. This is what's happened. They're like, no, 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 sir. Like, we have to take this child away from you. You abused your wife today. And you're like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. It's just getting, it's like ramping up. So I should say that the movie is like a slow burn in the beginning. And then when you see where it's going, it's just like ramping straight up, you know? She takes her baby home and she's just like so happy that she's back with her baby. And like, you know, she, she's like, whatever, I got my baby. Who cares? I can do whatever I want. And that night, um, later that same night, there's like a sound while they're sleeping, her and the baby. And she gets up and someone's in the apartment and you're like, is it the husband? Like what's going on? But like, you can't see the person. It's just like someone comes in in the night and the screen goes like to black as she like faces someone in the doorway. And then you just hear gunshots. And so (laughs) you then see him at a police station being like, where's my son? What's going on? What's happening? And the officers are like, here's your baby. Like, here's your son. And through an interview scene, like a police interview scene, you realize that his mother walked in and shot her in the face, just walked in and shot her dead, knowing full well she would be like sentenced to life in prison or whatever. She's like in her 60s or 70s, and she knew full well, but she's like, my life is over. Your son's life was almost over. I would do anything to make sure that child lived. She's like, even if it means I have to go to jail for the rest of my life. So she just walked in and murdered her so that her son could have the baby. It's crazy. And then, like, in the end, you see the kid's, like, a little older. He's, like, a toddler, and him and the father and the son are just, like, happy and walking along the beach. But, like, it's crazy. It comes out of, like, nowhere, but you kind, like, you kind of know it's building to something like that. But, like, at the same time, you never think this woman is just going to, like, walk in and shoot this girl in the face. Yeah, you would have thought it would be some sort of, like, altercation. You wouldn't think, oh, yeah, open the door, bang, straight in the face. But nope, like- the mother's just like, I'm going to get her, and you're going to have your kid. Yeah, I suppose she was kind of like, I've seen the damage you've done to my grandchild. I'm going yep. to I'm gonna make sure he's safe from you from now on. And that would be yep. like the best way to do it, I suppose. Yep, she didn't care. She knew she just like got arrested, let them take her and was like, Yeah, I killed her. Like there's nothing else I could do. Totally crazy. It was the craziest movie. Especially because again, like I said, in the beginning it's slow and it's like cute and they're falling in love and you know what I mean? You're like where is this going? And then she's abusing an infant, like mm. straight up trying to murder her own child. But she thinks she's like keeping it pure and saving it for a better life. Yeah, then literally power on the kisser. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. So it was it was a, a really good movie. Uh, again, if you can like if you watch it, it is slow in the beginning, but it is worth it. Um, it was an Italian director. I, I don't know him. I, I'm not going to lie, but his name is a. Saverio, Saverio Costanzo. And um, again, it was, he's an Italian director. She's an Italian actress. I think they're actually like a couple, the, the woman in the movie and the director. Mm. But, um, at, they were great. Like she was great. He was great. It was like an all around in a good movie. That sounds like a film I could probably watch on a good day. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to like, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know what I was watching. And I was like, and it was late at night, you know, when you're like, I'm just going to watch something. I don't care. I'll put something on. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I was like, I was like, act. you could like, I could feel how distressed I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine the look on your face of, when will it finish? <laughs> yeah. I was like, where is this going? This is terrible. I was like, if that baby dies, I will lose my mind. And again, I'm not even like a maternal person, but I was like, I swear to God, if she kills that baby, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the end, she she did die. So totally bizarro, totally great. A hidden gem. It was 2014. I don't know anyone else that's seen it. But I, again, I was a big Adam Driver fan uh, from Girls. I don't know if you've seen Girls. It was like the worst show, but I loved him. So I watched every single episode. And he was the worst, but he was a, a good the worst turned out to be okay you know it's good when an actor can sort of like be really good as the character but you can like they can be the bad bad guys yeah. so well mm-hmm. that really you're like you know what you'd be really good and quite as like in other films as well like the fact that yeah. you can be like the maternal dad in in that film oh yeah absolutely. but also be, a be bad like else. yeah they were like the worst kind of young people in girls they were like the worst kind of new york young people who you hate and still, like, you loved him. Like, uh, it was, it's hard to explain. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I only watched it for him, and I'm glad I watched it, because it was a hidden gem. It sounds like a very energy-draining film, if I'm honest. It was. It was exhausting. It was truly exhausting. I have to say, I think this week, we've actually managed to break the uh, Ashmore Brother curse. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have, or or is it a blessing? Who knows? The Ashmore brother curse or blessing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I, even my other movie, just as a mention, doesn't have an Ashmore brother in it, so so we're okay. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you told me what film you were doing, I was like, they're not in it. Good <laughs> times. Oh dear. <laughs> Uh, and so the film that I chose this week is uh, a film called uh, Prevenge, mm-hmm. which you can watch on Amazon Prime at the moment. Okay. I was so happy it was on there because I was like, yes, I want to see this one. <laughs> I've heard a lot of really good things about it. It's brilliant to watch. Like I, know, I know a lot about it, even though I haven't seen it. Mm. Well, yeah, the uh, storyline of it is uh, pregnant Will I... Well, I, sorry, pregnant widow Ruth, whose partner died in a climate accident, uh, believes her baby has gotten her to exact revenge on those involved in death. And she was uh, the actress that was in it actually made the film, and she was about seven months pregnant. Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard she was actually pregnant, and she wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah, she had a, a lot of involvement in it, and it's just, I can't recommend this film enough because it's so dark humoured. And so British in certain situations that you're like, <laughs> I really enjoy this. <laughs> like, if you don't like the horror bits, you can you can enjoy the dark humour instead. Yeah. Throughout the film, you do get, you hear the child speaking to her through the womb, and she kind of responds to it verbally as well, and it's uh-huh. just so creepy. Because uh, in the beginning of the film, you see um, you see her sort of like sitting there, pregnant in the garden, feeling really upset, and I think coming to turn, like trying to figure out the grieving process of how to deal with, like, oh, I'm a single parent now. Yeah, yeah. But, and you've learned that really the people that were involved in her 
husband's death didn't really have yeah they had like tv interviews and things but none of them really got any punishment for it yeah so i thought well the base... and like it should be added that like the concept of women like going like a little bit crazy when they're pregnant is like a thing so to be like experiencing that traumatic event while pregnant is like a serious thing definitely because you do find out later on in the film that she didn't actually know she was pregnant until the day he died oh god <laughs> so it's even worse throughout the film you see her like talking to a baby and yeah. you know, she's going to see someone to have like an ultrasound and everything yeah. done and the woman that's doing the ultrasound saying yeah baby knows best it's uh, it knows what you need to do with your life and things like that. Yeah. Like if you need need to eat something, it will tell you. Yeah. If you need to sleep, it will let you know. And she's like, I think it's already telling me what I need to do. <laughs> it's like, wow. God, kill people. Uh-huh. But yeah, each um, each particular death scene, she she's really put some thought into each death. Like she's planned these out to a T. Yeah. To the point where one particular uh, the first one she does, I think it was, I would say it was a guy named DJ Dan. It's not a pub. DJ D- Dan? Yeah, it's like a DJ in, in like a local pub and uh, she pretends to flirt with him and things. She goes back to his place and uh, he thinks that really, that because it's near Halloween, he thinks that the, uh, the bump is fake. So it, when uh. he gets back, to, gets back to his place, she starts talking about, oh, how do you feel about uh, if you have a about relationships about yeah being a grown up and he's like I just I don't care and the baby's literally talking to her as this is going on it's like yeah. he's a selfish prick ain't he <laughs> little things like that in that kind of voice yeah and she's just there like oh god I can't wait to get rid of him yeah and as she's about to like stab him and he's like pulling his trousers down his mum who has like um. Of the Alzheimer's or dementia, cut like bursts into them, but like, as they're about to have sex, oh and she's God. about to stab him, and she's like, and she starts talking and everything, and saying, "Oh yeah, should I do the washing?" And uh, and Dan just kind of like, like "Come on, mum, no, 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 this is why I have no un- clean underwear. It's because you're always washing them," and like, <laughs> pulls him back, her back into her bedroom, and and yeah, Ruth is just on the sofa like, "Your mum seems nice, doesn't she?" <laughs> and um, yeah, and Dan comes back in and says, "Well, she's a bit of a nuisance if I'm honest with you. And if yeah, when she dies, I'll get everything because yeah. I'm the only child." Like and Ruth's... proving he's a terrible person. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I can't wait for you!" And literally, yeah, like, like, as it, like he pulls his trousers down, she gets a knife. Out. I think she cuts his nuts off. <sighs> Yikes! Yeah. So yeah, he just kind of goes, "I'm gonna lay down for a minute. Can you call an ambulance?" And like just sort of bleeds out on the floor, and then. As she like wipes the knife off on something, like Dan's mum comes back in and goes, "Who are you?" And it's like, "Oh, uh, I'm uh, Dan's girlfriend. Sh- shall I help you go back to bed, dear?" And she's like, "Okay then." And they just have a casual conversation. Yeah, she's just like a regular person to her. Of yeah, course. it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she thinks that um, dark humor. Yeah, <laughs> she thinks that Ruth is like Dan's ex girlfriend and says. You're too good for Dan. You should leave him. It's like, I know. And he just like puts her into the bed and like pulls the duvet up over. It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And, and Ruth goes into the kitchen just to wash up for her. Aww. 
So I'll do something nice for her. And she, oh, she like, eventually leaves and goes back to her hotel yeah. room. And the baby tells her, like, that, was, that feels nice, doesn't it, doing that? He was a right arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's one death where it's uh, she's conducted, a, she's in a job interview with one of the people involved and baby like eggs her on to sort of go you know what make her feel bad about herself about her life yeah. because she sees that uh, the interviewer sees that Ruth is heavily pregnant and says yeah. we can't really hire someone because you know you're going to go on maternity leave Fairly after leave. we trained you and then you probably yeah. won't come back and yeah it's a bit of a cutthroat well in this particular industry yeah. and Ruth literally like emotionally destroys her during the interview yeah. like how dare you not even that. It was literally a case of, oh, yeah, so what do you do in your life then? Like, do you have any kids? Do you have a husband? And she goes, mm. no, I've, I've, I've got a dog at home. I do yeah. sport events at the weekends and things. And she kind of sits there, like, realising she might not have that much in her life. Yeah. And then Ruth goes up to her, it's kind of, like, really calmly and goes, yeah, it really is a cutthroat world, and literally, like, slits her neck. <laughs> <laughs> and just bangs her face onto the table to stun her. It's like, oh, okay. crazy. And quite politely, just kind of goes, Yeah. I really like your chair. I wonder where you got it from. Because it doesn't make any noise when she swivels her, like, the cup, the around body on the chair. And it's like, It's actually a nice chair. <laughs> uh, there's another one where it's like uh, a fitness person that's like really sporty and she's mm-hmm. pretended to be a charity worker to start sign people out. she puts her foot in the door and and she attacks the woman in her flat and the woman fights back and she's like well that's the first one like even the infant's yeah. like well this could yeah. be a challenge isn't it <laughs> makes it more of a challenge exactly so she's literally like gone into the, the the living room where the woman's run off to and the woman, the fitness woman's just there with like boxing gloves on, like she's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even Ruth's like got a knife at her. Like, what do you think oh, this shit. is? What do you think's actually going on right now, love? And she's like, well, you know what charity workers are like. The ruthless says they they are relentless, you lot. And she she just goes, yeah, <laughs> just kind of like, goes so and stab her. And the woman literally just punches her in the stomach to like stun her. And she's like. Oof. And you hear the thump when it happens as well. And Ruth just sort of stunned for a second. She's like, oh, fuck me. And the woman yeah. like goes over to her to like help her. <laughs> to kind of like help this woman that's trying to stab her. And the Ruth just goes straight up into the fitness oh, woman's stomach. God. And she's like, yeah, if you're in pain, just breathe through it. And they're both just there. Like, she could have taken her, but she had a moment of like weakness by being like, "Oh man, I punched a pregnant woman." Yeah, <laughs> and it's just that moment of odor shit. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It was everything I heard about it was like heralding a thing. Like it was great, and it uh, it was like the humor was dark, but it was there, and you like get little like sad nuanced points in it, and like it it was like any review i read of it really talked about how great it was that she like really crafted a good movie yeah she knew how to sort of like get people involved in 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 the film itself i mean one of the death that you see is a it, she goes to a flat to like see if she can rent a room and the guy that's there isn't the guy she's after it's his roommate 
and he's um like oh yeah so how how's the father baby and she's like i thought she died and like he's like oh i'm really sorry about that and they sort of really chat and she's like Huh. she starts to develop a conscious like trying to go against the baby like I can't kill him like he's yeah he's too nice and then realises oh it's a different it's not him yeah <laughs> that's great her inner turmoil literal inner turmoil fighting with herself and mm, the baby exactly and the um like he says, like he says, oh, I've made too much lunch do you want some because the other guy's not here like do you want his portion as well and She's like, yeah, okay, then sits down and then the other guy suddenly comes in okay. through the door and sees her and she's just standing there like, hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> he tries to say, like, I'm sorry, it wasn't my choice and she just absolutely annihilates him, like grabs a statue and just smashes his head in. Wow. And the other, the nice guy comes in and witnesses it and she's like, she has that split second of, he has Do to die, him? he's, a, he's yeah. a witness. And then you don't see his death, but... You see her and the baby arguing about it later in the bed in, in the hotel room. It's another bit where it's uh, the actual rock climber instructor that led the event. He doesn't know her, but he kind of they get into an argument because pret- she pretends to be interested in like, rock climbing, and then she starts to stalk him because he, he she sees that he's a bit of a bigger bloke. He's got muscles and everything, uh-huh. and then uh. uh you get to a point like one Halloween evening, you see that, oh, uh, she goes dressed up and she's uh, putting on that Halloween makeup and everything and the red dress and goes to a Halloween party that he's attending and you see that he's with his, I think his wife, and you realise, oh, she's heavily pregnant as well. Oh, God. So she has a moment of hesitancy where she goes to the bathroom, I can't kill someone, I can't, kill him because I'm, she, I would put her in the same situation exactly and but she yeah. does eventually she just kind of like breathe her and her water breaks as well in the bathroom holy shit uh, she goes to the she confronts him about it and he says look I'm really sorry I thought I recognised you from before yeah and she explains he was my husband he didn't know I was pregnant I didn't know I was pregnant until the day he died and he says, I know you're grieving. This is not the way to do it, though. This is, yeah, yeah, we can, you can talk to people about it. I'm happy to talk. I'm going to be a dad soon. And she says, So was he. And that really, she really starts to feel horrified about the situation yeah. because he says, We, the group knew that he was thinking about leaving you. Oh. And she she just breaks down and she starts contracting. She goes to hospital, like they get her over there. Yeah. Uh, she goes birth and she looks at, at her, her her daughter and says, This little little thing is yeah. not capable of causing harm. She would not tell me to kill these people. Yeah, no. And uh, her um midwife literally says, Oh yeah, no worries, well like, you know, baby knows best. Well, we know that really being a new parent it's not easy for anyone. And she says, Yeah, I know, it's just I've done some terrible things, but she doesn't admit to what she's done, but yeah, the yeah. midwife looks really concerned and it's like, Well, well, you know, you're gonna be here for a few days, the baby's gonna be here, we're gonna do some checks on her to make sure that everything's okay. Yeah. And Ruth like kisses the baby's head and says, 
I, I just need to do something. And she goes to the cliff and where her husband died and mm-hmm. leaves like the photo of him and goes around and sees the um, the area that he probably went to. He, she goes to like, a cliffside where she's been have like dreams and yeah nightmares about him standing there and then flashes of him where he's like on the box on the bottom with half his head missing. Smashed. Yeah. Mm. And she sees him there again and goes towards him and realises, oh, it's the guy she confronted at the Halloween party. Uh-huh. And they both just look at each other and she just suddenly just pulls this face from what she watched in a horror film beforehand. Uh-huh. And then the guy looks absolutely horrified and it just screen cuts to black. So you think, oh, God. Yeah, she's going to you know, push him off the cliff as like revenge. Yeah. It's the way the husband... Crazy. So uh, the way the husband's unfortunately passed away was that really, I think he was at like the rope, and they said we have to cut the rope and let him loose. Otherwise, we're all going to go crazy. What an enjoyable film! It's mental, it's, but it's worth the watch. Like I said, everything I read about it was like, no, it's definitely worth watching. It's it's fantastic. It's crazy. It's dark. I specifically read one review where a guy was like, I watched it twice and got a, like totally different things. I didn't like feel or notice the first time. And it, it's like so good upon, even upon rewatches. So I'm definitely going to give it a, give it a watch. Yes. Amazon Prime and it's caffeinated monsters approved. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. It's definitely enjoyable. <laughs> we, we talked about a lot of like typical, pregnancy horror type movies and we even talked about that movie um that scene in taking lives with angelina jolie and ethan hawk where he like stabs her with the scissors yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there are just like images and things that are you know inherently terrifying you don't have to be a pregnant woman to understand that they're terrifying but um so we talked about all those movies and, like those are more i think more mainstream or like movies people have seen but there was mm-hmm. um a movie i wanted to mention which I could have, I, I considered doing in movies with potential because there was just something about it that falls flat. But the concept, I think it was like, it was unintentionally funny at times. I, I don't know. It just, it had so much potential, but it didn't seize that potential. It was called Visions. It was a 2015 movie. It was a supernatural horror. Isla Fisher was the, the lead in that. I don't know if you've seen that. But I would I highly recommend have, it. I've heard it. <laughs> She's um, involved in this like horrific accident with a, another couple, and their young baby dies. Their unborn baby dies, maybe or young baby. I can't remember to be honest with you. I saw it in 2015, but um, she, you know, it, you know, you fast forward to. A year later, and she's pregnant, and her, and she, you know, she still feels like bad about it. Obviously, she didn't. She, she never meant to get into a car accident and like hurt someone, but um, like her and her husband are having a baby, and they also like buy this vineyard, and they're gonna like be people who own a vineyard. I don't know, but um, she like thinks her house is haunted. It's like very haunted type uh, things are happening, like. The bed bends crazy as though it's, like, going to attack her at one point, like a a bar on the bed. Like, all these weird, very specific instances. She sees, like, a dark silhouette of a man near the little pond on the vineyard. She, like, experiences all these very weird, specific, that aren't, like, inherently weird on their own, but put together. It's like, is this house haunted? Like, the light fixture falls over and, like, just, like, crazy things, you know? Mm. And it's called Visions because 
she like believes the house is haunted. And at one point she goes to see somebody and she's like, I think my house is haunted. And they're like, yeah, that vineyard's been plagued for years and years with like people claiming something weird, you know, is happening there. And somebody has like a sketch of a ghost that someone drew that they had seen in a seance at that place, like years and years ago. And it's a drawing of her. It's like an actual drawing of her. So someone drew a picture of her like 70 years earlier, claiming she was the ghost they saw in the house. So the whole concept of the movie, that's what I mean. It was like full of potential. Is it like flips? And these aren't, these aren't ghostly visions. They're visions of what's going to happen. Because like when something so terrible happens, it's the concept of like a house being haunted for forever, but like forever through time that like this tragic thing is about to happen to her. And it's so tragic and terrible that it's been haunting everyone through the years. So the lady who she's been friends with, this new lady that she's friends with, is actually the woman from the accident who lost the child and is there to like cut her baby out of her and take it because she killed their baby in an accident. Yeah. And so like her and her, her husband burst in and they're like holding everyone at gunpoint and like all the things happen. She ties her to the bed at one point and when she pulls the thing to get her arm free, it bends the bed bar forward. Or like she's like crawling away and the light fixture falls over. Like all of the things she experienced were things that were yet to happen. But it's been like the echo of it is haunting everyone through time because it's so tragic and crazy. So yeah, I highly recommend that one. It was Isla Fisher, 2015 visions so it's just like a again it, it's it's not the best movie i've ever seen but it could have been mm. uh, i think another pregnancy horror film i would recommend is the french extreme film inside yeah we talked about that one too yeah don't watch the american remake i just <laughs> but like should you ever watch the american remake? is it has anything that's been an american remake ever been that good you guys always water them down. It's like let's make it more. Let's make it more sort of like for everyone, acceptable to everyone. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep it like raw and horrible, and make people be turned off by how crazy it is. Like they should, they should keep it that way. But you know, they don't. Yeah, that film really made me feel oh, really yeah. ill when I watched it. Yeah, for sure. That's that's again. That's that's a, a hard sit. There are some movies that are just like. You watch it and you're like, wow, I've never seen anything like that. So it's like worth a sit through. Mm. But there are points where you're like, am I, should I be watching this? <laughs> that was definitely one of those films. I mean, there were like some oh, yeah. like, the fight scenes involved in it. Some of the, just amount of blood and the wounds alone. There's one particular bit where um, I didn't realise until I watched like a What Culture Horror on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it actually featured this film and it showed the... The female attacker, mm. after, uh, the pregnant lady's literally got the police and said, someone's here, there's something yeah, really uncomfortable here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see off camera, her female attacker walking in through the... Walks f- right in the house. Oh, yeah, I know that part. Yeah. Front door. She literally goes up the stairs like, like, she, like she lived there. And it's like, oh! <laughs> I, I <laughs> always notice things like that that sometimes aren't meant to be a thing. Like, I'll notice something in a movie and I'm like, why is that guy in the background? And it, sometimes it's not a thing. It's just a weird shot that I'm like, why would that person be in the background? But mm. many times in my life I've been like, why is that guy just sitting there? And then you're like, oh, that's the killer. But you find out later. I, mm. So I notice that. When you just see her, she's like talking to the cops in the living room and in the background you just see someone walk in the house, walk right upstairs. or And it, you're like, 
did someone just walk in her house? Like, <laughs> it's just how casually she does it. It works. Kind of like, Fuck like oh, this is my just moment. I live here. Sex. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally so crazy. Like a cup of tea, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I live here. Thanks. Bye. I read the room next door. Next door. I love, when that, <laughs> I love when things like that happen in a movie where you're like, oh, and then the killer just casually walked in and got ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right oh. in plain sight. Yeah. It just freaked mm-hmm. me out when I realized it. And I was like, oh no. Small <laughs> for stuff like that. I love weird little things that are payoffs later like that. Yeah. But I, mean, yeah, there, in- I, I was going to say, again, like, there are so many areas, like, so the two movies we just talked about aren't even, like, your typical pregnancy horror. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. one is bizarro, insane, dark comedy, and the other one is, like, a tragic, sad story. And, like, yet they both fall into that because, especially, I think, if you would talk to a pregnant woman, there's so many fears and, th- and like, things that startle you and scare you when you're pregnant. Like, my, my, one of my friends that had a baby was, like, I don't know anything about babies. Like I'm having a baby and I don't know anything. And I was like, you'll be fine. Like it'll come to you. You'll read, you'll ask other people, like you'll be okay. And she's like, yeah, I'll be okay. And you can like see her tell, like accepting that and telling herself though. She was like terrified. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the, the fear of like having this, not even just like going through the whole concept of pregnancy and birth, which is just to me insane. Um, (laughs) of then having this baby that you have to, you look at and you're like, Oh my God, I have to take care of this thing and like raise it. (laughs) There's so many aspects of pregnancy horror that you're like, yeah, no, thanks. None for me. Thanks. Yeah. I I like the the aspects of, um, pregnancy horror because it shows like the, the paranoia of, am I doing what's right for the baby? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I going to be a good parent? Am I? Yeah. Oh, what the, the multitude of fears that a yeah, person exactly, can go exactly. through. Yeah. It's kind of like, is there something wrong with my baby? Is there something me? Am I feeding it the right things? Am I doing yeah. too much, too little? And it's just kind of like, it's just so many insecurities as a new parent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not only that, but it's the fact that really, if even if you're just like, you feel like the human incubator in this situation, you have to protect yourself and the child. Yep. But I suppose if uh, if you're the dad as well, because you you're not feeling all these things, you're not you're, you're yeah. watching it from the outside and thinking like, oh my god, yeah, I need to protect not only the w- the person this that's woman ca- or carrying yeah. my mm-hmm. child, but I have to care, yeah. care for the child as well. Yeah, and if something happens to one of them, it's going to affect the other, and it's just kind of like it's knowing how to how to be involved in in the parent situation as being the, the male sit male person as well yeah and just like knowing if you're doing too much or too little and just feeling like you want to protect them but not knowing how to in a way well again totally crazy and not to be like the differences in america and england but like my husband and i are from different countries and we have like different ideas about raising kids and whatever and like when we talk about raising kids it's like crazy bizarre to me that i'm like I expect certain things that aren't available here and he wouldn't know what to do with those things in the U S like it's so vastly different. You know what I mean? Even just, even just healthcare in the U S you can have no healthcare and there are like planned parenthood and places you can go where like you can get the right help and the right things you need. 
for the average person, it's a difficult process to be pregnant. It's an expensive process in the U.S. You know, and like meanwhile here, it's not. But to me, my mind is blown when I hear like, oh, you know, the mid a different midwife comes each time, or like I never met the same person twice at the doctor's office, and I'm like, how can they know you? How can they know when something's wrong? Like, if you don't know this person, like that to me is terrifying. Like. I knew my mm. doctor so well in the U.S. that I could walk in with a cold and she would be like, oh, you have bronchitis. You know what I mean? Like, she just, like, knew. <laughs> she knew me. She knew everything about me. When I went to her and I found out about my thyroid, she, I told her, like, three things. And she was like, it's your thyroid. And I was like, no, they tested my thyroid years. And she's like, no, 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 it is. Like, she knew me so well that she knew, she really knew me. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I go to the doctor here. I see a different person each time. That's terrifying to me. Just that is scary. So I'm like the concept of being pregnant and seeing a different midwife in my house. Like how can someone in my house tell me I'm like doing fine with a pregnancy? That's mm. so scary to me. I like can't even begin. Yeah. Because of like my, my depression and anxiety problems that I've been to see as some doctors I've talked to and I've and they've been absolutely lovely and they've sort of like spoken to me and they've been really polite. Yeah, and really listen. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's other ones where there was one particular doctor I can think of that actually she didn't even make eye contact with me when I talked to her about depression and my, and my meds. She just stared at, at a computer screen typing away and just didn't look at me. Mm-hmm. What happened here when I didn't know what was happening to me when I was just getting Bell's palsy, I like knew something was wrong and I was like, I don't know if it's an ear infection or like an eye thing, but something's wrong. I don't feel right. And the mm-hmm. doctor was just like, you're fine here in England. And I was like, I know I'm not fine. And then the next morning I woke up and looked like I was having a stroke. You know what I mean? Literally, oh, that's what Bell's palsy is. So the whole side of my face was drooping and crazy. And I was like burning with a fever. And I was like, I knew something was wrong. And I was like panicking. Because I had a friend who had had Bell's palsy years ago, I knew, I like had a a suspicion that that's what it was. I wasn't like, I think I'm having a stroke. I was like, I think it's Bell's palsy, but I'm still scared. Like I went to the doctor the day before and was like, something's wrong. And he was like, no, there isn't. There's nothing wrong. Wouldn't give me like anything. He wouldn't look at me. He was just like, no, you're fine. You're fine. And then I had Bell's palsy. And when I went to it, went to a different doctor because we had just moved. And that doctor was like, it's the worst case of Bell's palsy I've ever seen in my life. It's like, and so for you to know, to feel it coming on for three days like that, to know it was going to happen, like we could have given you in the first 48 hours, they could give you some kind of medication to help with it. Like that guy didn't give it to me. So mm-hmm. I still have effects on, on my face four years later of Bell's palsy because the first guy didn't trust me and like didn't listen to me. Yeah, it's surprising how much... How healthcare is different from UK to US because US, you, oh, yeah. like, you see the same doctor, God knows how many years here, but in the US, you don't you have to deal with healthcare, you have to pay for everything. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, you can go broke because you, yeah, you can go broke in the US because you have a condition or you need a surgery. Whereas, like here, you're not going to go broke, but you might not get the help you need right away, exactly. Like, would you rather pay for something and be seen straight away, or would you like, or if you're in a lower income household, yeah. not not pay for something, or have to and have to go wait like weeks or months yeah. just to get a referral, just like to see a chiropractor, to get someone have, to test you yeah. for things? Yeah, it's totally crazy. So, like, there needs to be a happy balance when it comes to that. But like, that's a big thing that scares me. When David and I did talk about, like, oh, maybe we'll have a baby, I was like. 
I don't want to have a baby in a country where my doctor doesn't know me and just look mm. at me and be like, yeah, you're right. Something's wrong. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I, and, and at the same time, I'm like, I rather have the baby here because we won't go broke because of it. Mm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like such a scary, like I can't find the happy ground when it comes to that conversation. Again, it is just a scary, scary idea. Totally bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I'm terrified at the thought of being a parent. We've uh, I've talked about it with my wife before mm-hmm. uh, a few times. And we're like, you know what? We like the fact we've actually got savings on our bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. You can have a baby or you can have money, but you can't have both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd, I'd rather have money in my savings account. So at least I know I can retire. Absolutely. Or if the car breaks down, we can afford to get it repaired. Yeah. Not getting woken up in the middle of the night because of child crying, so they like, crap themselves or they need feeding. <laughs> yeah, when I'm asleep, I do not want to be woken up. <laughs> yeah. I think about stuff like that, like when I was a kid, I would scare the shit out of my mom when I woke her up. I'd walk in hey. and be like, hey, mom, and she'd be like... <gasps> So, uh, yeah, and we had a thing in our house growing up where we scared each other. I've told you about this. We're like, our sole purpose as a family was to scare the shit out of each other. And like, (laughs) we, I scared my dad once. I was the only person to to scare my dad. And he instinctively choked me because he was like, fight or flight. Like he got so scared. He reached for my neck. My dad does that as well. Uh, He punches a headboard when he's asleep. Like He'll punch the headboard. He's kicked the wall before... (laughs) He'll just randomly sit in his chair like, and just thump into the air out of nowhere. And it's like, did you get him, Dad? And he went, yeah. And just went back to sleep. <laughs> and <laughs> my mom was the easiest to scare. You could just be like, hey, Mom. And she would get scared. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you didn't have to try. You just, like, interrupted her very minorly and it would scare the crap out of her. So, like, I, I would still want to do that with my kids. And, like, is that wrong? Is that abuse? <laughs> I remember my dad scaring me so bad once I cried for like 20 minutes straight. He scared the Jesus out of me. You know what I mean? Like, but we loved it. And I remember the one time I was a kid, I was in the yard with my friend Shannon. My dad was like, hey, we like walked over and he was like, help me move the picnic table. Just be quiet. And so me and my two friends, my friend, uh, two young girls were like seven years old and we're moving the picnic table with my dad under the bathroom window so he can get up on the bathroom window and scare my mom in the shower. Yeah, like we used to do the craziest shit to me. One time I was like a teenager and I we were on a vacation and I ran ahead at the hotel to hide behind the wall by the the door of the room to scare my dad. And my dad knew, so he let the maid go in front of him. (laughs) And I scared the bejesus out of a strange woman I had never met. She was like, I and she like dropped to the floor (laughs) and she was so scared. She was speaking in I think she was speaking Spanish and she was just like talking nonstop to herself in Spanish. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, please. I'm so, I was like 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't be a parent. <laughs> I'd forget not to swear in front of her. It's like, like, if I fell, fell down the stairs or something, I'd just look at them like, you're like, little shit. What'd you do that for, you little fucker? <laughs> well, you know, we all have our things. <laughs> Well, you know, if your child, or if, well, if I had a child and they accidentally, like, um, uh, they ate something and the, like, if they open like a yogurt pot and it's spayed in their face, but I'll probably just look at them like, well, that's shit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'll just laugh at them in hysterics and they'll just be covered in yogurt and joke, like, my wife would just look at me like, can you, can you at least clean them? 
Uh, well, again, I said I have worked with kids. I worked with um, autistic children for several years, and then I taught a preschool class. And so I know how to speak to kids in, like, a teacher way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, one of my friend Justine's favorite stories, uh, we were at Disney World, and we were having ice cream, and there was a table of a family next to us, and they had a small, like, a toddler. And they all kept being like, Jason, use the spoon. And he kept, like, putting the spoon down and using his hands in the ice cream. And someone else would be like, Jason, Jason, pick up the spoon and use the spoon. Like they were all trying to get him to use the spoon. And Justine and I are sitting there and I'm getting more and more furious. And I just turned my head and look at the kid. And I went, use the spoon. (laughs) And the kid just wide-eyed terror picks up the spoon and just starts like quietly eating. (laughs) Justine was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, we still talk about that. Use the spoon to this day. It's a fine talent to do the face and the voice. The teacher face, teacher voice. And they're like, okay, lady. (laughs) You know, working at Disney too, I would get all the time where like something would be closed and the parent would come up and be like, oh, is the line open? You'd be like, no, I'm sorry, it's closed. And they'd be like, you tell him that. And I'd be like, okay. I would get down on one knee, look right in the kid's face and be like, sorry, it's closed for today. But if you come back tomorrow, we'll be here. And they'd be like, okay. (laughs) The parent would be like, oh, that went better than I thought it would. Because you didn't tell him, bitch, because I did. (laughs) If you told him, he'd be like, I want it now. (laughs) It's because a woman with authority looked in his face and said, no. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we all have our talents. Love that. The only time when I'm like, I could handle kids because, like, at least I know how to talk to kids. But it's always different when it's your own kid, right? Your own kid, you're going to be like, of course Mm. you can have it. You can have whatever you want. Your mommy's little princess. (laughs) Exactly. I just become that lady. I'd be that bitch. (laughs) I'd be like, can you tell him? (laughs) Pregnancy horror. What What a trip. So much variety. But yes, I do have uh, two announcements, actually, before we end the episode. Ooh, exciting announcements. Yes. Uh, So, I have made a Facebook page, which links to... Woohoo! So yes, if you want to go over to Facebook or Instagram, so on both of them now, you can like and... If you want, you can comment and just share our pages. We'd appreciate it. Us. Mm. Tell us things. Tell us your weird horror stories as a childhood of yeah, staring each other. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Tell us why you don't find children terrifying or why you do find children terrifying. Not to mm-hmm. mention the whole subgenre of scary ghost children or scary demon children, which is a whole nother can of worms in movies. Oh, I bet that'd be like a two, two to three hour episode, that one. <laughs> yeah. And the second announcement, if you'd like to support us, we will now be re- uh, launching a merch store with a team. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. So I'll be releasing that in the next day or so. I thoroughly enjoy the design. I'm glad you like it too. I'll be re- uh, I've got uh, two designs up at the moment. One is mm-hmm. our logo. Another one is literally the, the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if things go well, I'll start designs on there for people. Love it. Mm-hmm. Check it out, everybody. Go now. 
Finish the episode. I it. <laughs> support us. But yes, uh, you can support us on that when it's uploaded. You can also find us on Buy Me A Coffee and Patreon. And you can also find uh, listen to us on Spotify, Anchor and Podbean. Uh, you can Options. Find- Yes, I like giving people options. Variety. Absolutely. Don't actually ask me to do a TikTok the other day. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no thanks. I, I've never done one and I, I never will. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. And yes, hopefully we'll get some more listeners in next time. And uh, I'm just getting awkward now. I'm just going to say bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, oh. bye, bye. Oh, it's so British. Nothing you've heard is for me. This is my soul. This, this is me, girl.